Bum, bada, bum, 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 bum. Hello and welcome to the NWR Newscast, episode number 45 for March 19th, 2011. I am your host this week. My name is Andy Gergen, and I am here with Mr. Zachary Miller. What's up, Zach? Oh, not a whole lot, sir. Welcome back. As always, we have a few missing voices this week. Neil is moving, uh, and Nathan is studying. So to replace them with the combined strength of two is... (laughs) Crosstalk proprietor Carl Castaneda. How's it going, Carl? I am so tired. Yeah, that's <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, probably this is pretty late for the, you. Uh, yeah, it is late for me, and it's also the weekend after PAX East, and I am just tired. Yeah, no kidding. And you guys had a, had a blast, from what I hear. Yeah, we we might have had too much fun. The uh, live panel for RFN went live uh, on the site a few days ago, and. Yeah, it was. It sounds like it was a pretty good time. I I hope to attend one of those uh, one of those meetups in the future. Well, I hope you come, Andy. I hope, I hope everyone who's listening decides to come because it was a really great time. Um, we don't ever really say this enough, but the RFN crew is a really accessible bunch. Um, when people come up to hang with us after the panel, we do hang out with them. Yeah. Um, we actually uh, um, a listener and his girlfriend decided to come up to us after the panel. Was like, hey. I know this really great place to get lunch, and we all went out to lunch. Like, nice. um, you know, we we're not we're not celebrities even by uh, you know internet or pack standards. <laughs> um, we're just, we're, we, we're just there to hang out, and if you want to come up and hang out with us, we're there to we're there to go. I mean, we had a, we have a really really good time with our panels. But we're very engaged with the audience, and so just know if you if you come to PAX, you'll have the full RFN experience whether you want to or not. <laughs> It, it will that be could mean many forced things. Upon you. It will be. It will be forced upon you. You'll be submerged in RFN. <laughs> yeah, you'll you'll just you'll just be soaked in it. RFN Wait, I don't know what that all means. Over your face. <laughs> I redact that. Redacted. Redacted. I have just edited it out. You can't tell that already. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so this week on on the newscast, we're uh, we're not going to give any concrete news stories. There hasn't been anything all that exciting as the march toward 3DS continues. Mm. Um, there's a couple of small things. Uh, Steel Steel Diver is going to be delayed due to the earthquake in Japan. Mm. Very sad thing, um, but we're not really going to talk about that too much. Um, instead, we're going to look towards things that make us happy rather than things that depress us. So, Zach, why don't you kick us off this week by telling us all about the, the feature on the website that you are kicking off uh, starting this week? Starting tonight. I should have the first... Starting tonight. I should have the first article up tonight. Um... Uh, it is uh, the 15th anniversary of the original Resident Evil for the uh, PlayStation 1. And uh, and we're going to be kicking off a feature where, you know, three members of the staff, me, you, and uh, and Pedro, all talk about Resident Evil, uh, Resident Evil memories, and how you can get to it, and uh, if you're a Nintendo fan, what games you can play in the series. So... It, it's going to be really great, and I'm excited to see it on the site. And by the time this is up, it should be up. So check it out. Uh, but in uh, in planning this episode, since we have two people gone and there aren't really any news stories, we thought it would be fun to reminisce about our favorite horror games. And not necessarily mm. Resident Evil, but, it, you know, Resident Evil-y. Every, all, sure. I would say that all 
horror games released after Resident Evil have been largely inspired by Resident Evil? I would say so, sure. Yeah, that's that's a fair assessment. I think I think the uh, the classic haunted house scenario of Resident Evil has largely shaped the entire survival horror genre. But I'm not even sure survival horror is really a thing anymore. I mean, yeah, I don't like that term cool. myself. It almost feels yeah, like a mistranslation. It's... Yeah, um, I think th- there was there was a lot of really quality stuff in the if you want to call it the survival horror genre. That came from PCs, especially in the early '90s. Yes, Alone um, in the Dark, Phantasmagoria. Alone in the Dark, yeah, that's, that's a good one. Absolutely, lots of really great stuff. But I think Resident Evil really popularized the genre, uh, at least on consoles. And uh, yeah, there's, there there are so many things to, so many great horror games to pick from. Um, I don't. Know, do we want to just go into some of our favorites or? Sure. Yeah, that's yeah. a good idea. Okay. Well, um, I think one of my favorites from recent memory has to be uh, the first Bioshock game. Yes. Oh um, yeah. Which I don't I, I don't know if it's 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 a straight up horror game, but it, it is nearly unmatched in crafting an amazing just atmosphere of of being unsettled. Yes. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes. Whether it's whether it's the way too cute, you know, uh lullaby songs that come up when everything around you is all deranged and crazy, uh the little girls with the glowy eyes, or if it's just the like the you know what you know what really does does it for you know as far as uh, scaring me in that game it's the audio diaries yes they um, really add there to is, it um, there's something about found audio and found footage where you know things are about to go to shit and you're just kind of waiting for it that really freaks me out oh yeah I, absolutely I love it in Bioshock and this in Bioshock too as well where you find an audio diary. And something terrible is happening, or, or it's like a parent. I think the example I'm thinking of is it's a parent re- recording an audio diary worrying about their daughter. And then you find out sure. their daughter was turned into a little sister, and the parent, you find them in their apartment, and they committed suicide. Right. Yeah, or, you know, I, it's, that, that's a great, that's a really great example, because there, it happens a lot in Bioshock, where you listen to an audio diary, and then you see something around the environment that relates to that audio diary. Right. Um, it's just like where, you know, you hear like a crash and a bang, and then you, you see like broken dishes around you and like blood on the counter, and it's like, it just, it's really, really spooky. And yeah. these are all things that, that don't even directly tie into the gameplay or the story itself. They're just things that are around the environment. And I think that's what makes... Um, that series so special in that they take they put so much effort into creating a world for the for the characters to inhabit. Yeah. Uh, to to the point where I think someone mentioned that Rapture is really the main character of Bioshock. Oh, I, I totally I def- agree. I definitely think so. It's yeah. it's it's passive storytelling, which is sort of a, a sort of a weird trick to do because you, you you want to make sure that the the story that's necessary to get told is told. Uh, and there's a lot of active storytelling in Bioshock as well, especially with the whole Andrew Ryan stuff. Um, sure. But most of what makes what makes that game interesting, and a lot, you know, that game is not unique in that. Like Metroid Prime does the same thing. Yeah. Um, it's passive storytelling. It's storytelling that's there for you to observe, and you feel like you feel like it's more, um, it's more immersive when you when you do come across it because it's something that mm-hmm. you found, not something that was told to you. Right. Sure. It's very effective. You're learning the history of the city. Yeah. Right. And I think actually it's funny that you would say Metroid Prime because I'd say that there are certain points in Metroid Prime 2 that do have elements of 
sort of survival horror. Um, it just it, maybe not so much in, in the scare angle, but where it develops this really creepy atmosphere. Because you know, m- most Metro games you're playing, it's you're secluded, and there's that really weird thing of being secluded and knowing that something is off. Yeah. And I think that's probably, I mean, I'm not a big fan of the Prime games and Metroid in general, but I think that Echoes definitely has some of that in there. Oh, definitely. Mm, yeah. Absolutely. I haven't played Bioshock 2 yet. I have, I've had it on my shelf. I've been borrowing it from someone that I work with. It's an excellent for, game. It's, it's, a while. It's good. It's a good game. It fixes a lot of the issues that were in the first Bioshock, but it, it brings some of its own issues to the table. Have you played Minerva's um, Den? Uh, I've not. No, I haven't played any of, any of the DLC. It's amazing. It's more like the first game in terms well, okay, of the story. I'll have to check that out. It's really incredible. I'll, yeah. Um, I'll have to check that out because I was I was a really big fan of, of, uh, of the first Bioshock. Me too. And there are two sequences in the first Bioshock that really put me on edge. The first one was in the theater level. When you go down these random stairs and you come into a flooded room, and mm-hmm. do you know what I'm talking about? And there's a statue of a person just at the other end of the room, but there's also something on the ground. So you're like, oh, I'm going to go pick that up. And you go and you're kind of expecting the person to pop out at you. Like this is probably going to happen. So you get ready to shoot them, but nothing happens. Well, you turn around and one's running at you. And, hmm. and that is so effective. It was so great. And, and there, that whole, that whole area is freaky because you don't realize that their bodies in those statues you know if is that the um that crazy the, the, theater guy oh the uh, cohen what's his yeah name? uh yeah i don't i don't it's it's been a while since i've played Bioshock. yeah so but that, that, like that, if that. you whack those statues uh with uh with your whatever your melee weapon is they bleed and when that i first mm-hmm. did that i was like oh man that's creepy uh no yeah, doubt I, I think that section of the game is probably my favorite. Um, that whole moment with Cohen in his theater, I think that's probably the best part of the game. It is. It's great. And then I, um, I just love the buildup of Andrew Ryan talking to you, and he's like, do you know who you're dealing with? I'm Andrew oh, Ryan. Oh, sure, yeah. And you go into his office, even though he's not really in there, and you're like, oh, my God. Yeah. It, it, Bioshock really develops this this feeling of, of being watched and knowing that even when you're sneaking around, people are aware of your actions and they're sort of plotting. It's, That's it's, true. It's, it's a, it creates a really immaculate sense of, of creepiness. Paranoia. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It really develops that. Um, and especially in, in the sort of final um, uh, meetup with, uh, with Ryan towards the end of the game, it's like, this, the suspense has just been building and building and building, and like it. Unfortunately, once that part is over, I feel like the game kind of goes downhill. It does, yeah. Um, but up to that point, it's 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 really really amazing in the atmosphere that they develop. Yeah, I, I would agree. Mm-hmm. I've actually mean to replay it for a while, but I really should just play Bioshock Two instead. Um, you know, I don't know. I, I feel like Bioshock the first was better at uh, creating that atmosphere than the second one is. Um, it's, it's certainly no slouch, and it, and it reuses a lot of the same areas. And uh, the underwater segments in general, in general, are also are just really, really cool. And um, you, know, you get a little bit of, of uh, non-linear exploration, but better sense of scale in Bioshock Two. Yeah, I would agree with that. But I feel like the storytelling itself is probably stronger in the first. Oh, one. easily, like that Sophia Lamb. I don't give a shit about her. Oh yeah, yeah. That that whole storyline was kind of fell flat for me. Um, but I am really looking forward to Infinite. Me too. Holy crap! Oh, so much. I, I can't wait for the game to come out. 
But uh, should yeah, be really fantastic. But yeah, that that was that was just probably one of my favorite games as far as recent Emery goes is of a survival horror horror game that was actually like effective at at scaring me and not just making me like worry about rations or anything like that. Right. Do I have enough ammo? Exactly, which I feel is something that you know Resident Evil kind of has a lot of. Um, I'll say right off the bat, I don't really like Resident Evil games that came before four. Oh, me neither. Um, God I think no. They're, I think I think they're kind of terrible. Um, I understand that they have a lot of fans and whatnot, but I just think that the controls are beyond just just clunky and just really really bad. Um, I've never been a fan of those tank controls where you hold a button and then move the analog stick in the right. direction you want to walk. And that, unfortunately, um, became the standard for the genre after Resident Evil. Yeah, I, I, that is just so broken. It doesn't work. And combine that with pre-rendered backgrounds and fixed cameras, and it's like, forget it. It just does not work. It, the only game where it's actually worked was the original, and I think maybe the second Grand Theft Auto. But that was because you had an overhead view, and your... your um, your point of view never changed. Oh yeah, it was kind of okay. it was okay then, but other than that, I've never seen it work. And yet, I, I can't play any of the games that came before. Now, in Resident Evil Four and Five, it still has that tank control. You press left and right to turn the character, but it it, does it feels it, much it more fluid because you can run and move left and right at the same time. Yeah, and, and it's it's the it's the fact that you have a fixed um, a fixed you have a fixed perspective, and yeah, where it's not constantly changing with the camera. It took him um, so long yeah, that, to figure that out. Yeah, I, for the life of me, I can't understand why, but yeah. Um, but yeah I will. For, I, I still defend ahead. the original Resident Evil. Well, maybe, maybe not the original so much. The ones on PS One are pretty hard to defend at this point. But I am a staunch defender of the remakes. Well, the remake on on GameCube. I it is excellent I, despite the control problems. I, I think they look pretty. <laughs> I, there was there was a control option that I found agreeable it was sort of like a uh it treated one of the shoulder buttons as sort of a gas pedal um uh, ma- uh. making it making the making the tank comparison even perhaps even more uh, <laughs> apt um i played through the resident evil remake uh, as i detailed on the the site feature that we talked about earlier i played through the game basically in one sitting um i had a lot of time to kill uh in a summer the last summer of my college career, I was a RA in the dorms during the summer, which basically meant I didn't do shit, um, <laughs> which was awesome. It was like the last time. It was very consciously to me the very last time in my life where I wouldn't have to do anything most of the time for like three whole months. It was your summer of 69. Yeah. <laughs> so the the remake launched in like what, May, I think, of 2002. Yeah. And I bad, bought yeah. it and like a couple of months after that, I, I kind of sat on it for a few months and then I put it in one Friday morning and played it all the way until I was done. I pretty much just stopped for meals and sleeping. Uh, and that's how you play a Resident Evil game. Um, because really, the only way to get past the, the problems with the inventory management and the control scheme is to let the parts of, of the game that are good, um, the, the visuals, the, the, the environment really, is to let that wash over you completely to the point where it's all you can think about yeah uh and that's how that game worked for me like i i i lived in spencer manor for three days as far as i was concerned it was (laughs) it was a very memorable experience just because that's that's the way those games have to be played otherwise you're constantly being taken out of the game and being reminded about how how many problems the game has on a control scheme level Um, right 
Um, the, the voice acting wasn't quite as bad in the remake. The, uh, <laughs> it was no. No. It was pretty good. It's, it's, it was pretty good. It became it's, the it's, standard for the series after that. It's fine. You know, the stories themselves have kind of a camp value. I didn't really mind them. Um, I bought the uh, when four was about to come out. I bought that um, that pre-order thing where you uh, you pay. You, it's basically you get a two pack of Resident Evil Zero and Resident Evil Remake, and with that you got an exclusive demo for Resident Evil Four. I don't remember that. Uh, yeah, it, it was it was a deal that I think GameStop had. Um, oh, that's why. And it came in like this special cardboard case, and you got like all this these bonus little booklets and such. Um, it was, and I think they, they they gave you both games for like thirty bucks. So it was kind of a good deal. Yeah, um, yeah, uh, And I mostly got it because I wanted to play Resident Evil Four. I just wanted to play it somehow, some way, and I didn't and I didn't want to be chained to the GameStop kiosk. So right. uh, I bought it and took it home, and I played four, and I was like, oh, this game is amazing. Uh, and then I was like, oh, you know what? I'll throw in remake and 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 zero. You know, I did. I remember not liking it on the PlayStation, but I was like, yeah, you know. It's been it's been many years. Maybe now my my tastes have changed. Uh, and sure enough, I played about thirty minutes to an hour of each, and I was just like, I can't do it. I think it's I didn't. Really, I don't like I zero really very much at all. Yeah, I didn't care for zero. Like to me, the big appeal of the Resident Evil games is the isolation factor, and putting a second character in that game just kind of ruins it for me. Yeah, sure. And especially a character who has no lasting effect on the rest of the series. That too. Yeah. Actually, the whole storyline of Zero was kind of wiped under the carpet for Resident Evil 5. Right. Yeah, I mean, it's sort of all built up to be to sort of go away because we all know Resident Evil 1 has to come around and none of those things can be referenced. So it's sort of built up to just kind of go away. Yeah. 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 It's it's like, yeah, there are are a lot of threads that have just kind of been dropped um, in a lot of the Resident Evil games. I mean, can anyone remember... What's that? Barry's gone. Oh yeah, just forget it. Don't don't worry about it. Don't think about it. Don't mention it. <laughs> it just didn't happen. Well, um, I know you mentioned you you, said, you made this sentiment, and it's, it's a common one. I it's, I've heard it a lot that you don't like any Resident Evil game that precedes four because four was when they fixed the series. Um, I I I like Resident Evil four, but I don't love it. To me, they took the one thing that I really enjoyed about the series, which was which was the environment, and they sacrificed it for for an action game. And Resident, right, well, Re- Resident Evil Five took that to an even greater extent by making the entire thing a mandatory co op experience. Well, yeah, that's, that's true. true. When I when I say they fixed it, I mean they fixed the gameplay. Um, now it would be it would be these... great to play Resident Evil One with Resident Evil Four controls. It would be too easy. It would be way too yeah, that's easy. That's true. Um, yeah, it really would be. It would the the way those the enemy patterns are set up. It's all basically the entire the reason that the zombies are slow is because it's way too clunky for you to move fast in that environment. Right. Yeah. Um, you're not supposed to be able to move. Maybe maybe they developed the control scheme as a point to, so that it's like well if they if they can move you know easily then they're just going to be able to run through the game. It's it'll be too easy. Well, that was I think one that actually that was, was part of it. That was one thing I didn't like about the remake is they added those super fast zombies. And yeah. there's nothing you can do about them because of the control sure. scheme. You see them running at you, you're like, "Well, I'm fucked." Right. Yeah. So, so they, so they fix the gameplay, but I, I can see where you're, where you're coming from, Andy, in that you don't like the uh, the changes to the environment, where it's less of a horror game and more of a survival game. Yeah, I I didn't really find Resident Evil Four to be scary at all. It's just it's not. It's, it's it's a lot of gore and a lot of like you know guts, and it's more of an action game than anything else. Yeah. Um. Yeah, they they made it more into Die Hard and less into uh, 
Oh, what's a really good uh, scary movie example? I don't, oh, you know what it is? It's like Alien to Aliens. There you go. It's, Perfect example. That, that, well, yeah, we, it, we've already made the we've already made the the comparison once for Bioshock that the environment is like a character. Sure. I really enjoyed the character of that environment in Resident Evil Remake. Yeah, it was right. probably one one of my favorite characters if we're going to call it that. You know, now Lisa um, Trevor was freaky in the remake. Yeah, yeah, no kidding. The whole like the whole like crazy Lisa Trevor in the in the shack. Yeah, and then you find documents oh, saying how she got that way, and you're like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I thought the pre-rendered backgrounds in the remake were gorgeous. I thought they oh, did sure, a really yeah. good job of not being obviously pre-rendered backgrounds. Yeah. Um, no, I, I really enjoyed that game. And I was kind of sad to see that while I enjoyed Resident Evil 4, I had a good time playing it. Um, it wasn't memorable to me, really. I, I, I enjoyed it, and now that I'm done with it, I'll never play it again. But I, every once in a while, I do get the urge to pick up remake again and a lot of like I said, a lot of that had to do with the fact that i it was sort of a perfect gameplay experience at the time um but i've never picked up resident evil 5 and i've never really been all that tempted to because i know what it is it's gears of war with an re skin <laughs> yeah it's a good way to put it hey andy and there's a a dlc episode for resident evil 5 where you're jill and chris and you, okay. you basically the first half of the the level that you play is the front half of the manor of arclay manor or oh, Berkeley cool. Mansion. There are no enemies, but it's very creepy. And because you keep expecting things to happen, you're like, oh shit, this is where those dogs came out. You know, you, <laughs> your nostalgia kind of plays it up. So it's it's really fun, but it's probably not worth mm -hmm. the full full package of the game if you don't like uh, Resident Evil 4. Speaking of games that are not anything at all like Gears of War, one game that I really enjoyed about a year ago uh, when I reviewed it for the site was uh, Shattered. Shattered Mem or Silent Hill Shattered Memories on the Wii. I really want to play um, that. That game was just so well crafted. It was yeah. It was really a perfect game for the Wii too. I know it came out on the PlayStation Two as well for some stupid reason, but it was really a game that seemed perfectly suited to the Wii. Uh, it used it we used the technology on the Wii remote very well as both the flashlight and the cell phone, um, and it was just it was a really interesting psychological experiment. Um, the way the game sort of profiled you and changed the gameplay experience and the endings, depending on how you answered those questions um, and how you played the game. Like, de like depending on which which signs you lingered on when you looked at the environment, um, it would change the way the game unfolded just a little wow. bit here and there. Um, like, if you looked at a, a picture of cheerleaders with, like, nasty writing on it, <coughs> it, it would keep that in mind later on. When it was making decisions on how to, you know, how, on how to treat your character, which is, yeah, you know, it's, interesting. It's, it's an interesting take on it. Um, I'm not going to spoil the ending because it's fat, it's fantastic. But the game has a really good payoff in the end. Um, it's it's a it's an it's an interesting story. It doesn't really tie in with Silent Hill at all, uh, other than that's the name of the town. It could have been called anything else, and it would still be fine. Mm -hmm. um, it's a pity it didn't sell more because. God, it, it, more people should have played this game. It's it's a it's a game that gets sorely overlooked when you're looking at a list of really good exclusives on the Wii library. Well, they kind of just pooped it out, didn't they? They didn't really give it any press. No, they really didn't. They didn't really try to sell the game at all. And maybe maybe the answer is a re-release on the HD consoles with Move and Connect support. I don't know. Um, but the game deserves to be seen by more people because it's really it's a really fantastic game. Now, do you cool. do you share the complaint that the uh combat sequences are kind of cheap and tacked on like 
You mean the the lack of combat sequences? Well, no, I mean like when the world freezes over. Oh, now I have to run. You know. Um, you know, the 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 comment has been made a couple times before, and I sort of agree with it. When you're when, when you know you're not in one of those combat sequences, or rather escape sequences, is a better yeah. name for it. Um, you can't die in the game. There's no there's no uh, death sequences unless you're in one of those one of those um, those types of escape scenes. That said, like I didn't find the escape scenes to be particularly tense. Well, not not that they weren't tense, but they weren't scary. Like I wasn't scared by those. Right. I was scared of the town. I was scared of the environment, the people in the town. Um, that's what genuinely unsettled me. The the escape sequences felt cheap. But there's a couple of them that are really effective, and especially one towards the end that's just really well, really well done, and it sort of just almost plays on your frustration with them in general. It's it's really easy to get lost in those sequences because there is a definitive exit point, um, and you can look at your map, but you can also be attacked while you're looking at your uh. map, so it's not super handy. Um, so you, you have to pull up your cell phone to look at your map, mm. which is a bit frustrating. Um, yeah, those th- those scenes aren't aren't particularly awesome, but they don't really do much to detract the overall experience for me. Are there any are there any monsters besides those little kid critters that run after you? Um or would that no. be telling? Not really. Um That's a shame because one of the none throughout none throughout the course of the game that I can remember. One of the things I love about the Silent Hill series more than the gameplay is the creature design. It's always just so wrong. You know, well, the creatures just... change design as you play the oh, game. Oh, do though. they? But there's only really one kind of creature. It's just it the the design of that creature slowly begins to change as you play the game, depending on how you play oh, it. Oh, that's cool. As as I understand it. Well, that's kind of cool. But I've only played it the once. I lent it to a friend shortly after I finished it, um, and I've never gotten it back, which oh. is saddening, saddening, <laughs> saddening to me. I really need to get it back and play it again this fall when Halloween starts rolling around. There you go. It's a great game to freak yourself out. This is another game where I, li- I locked myself in a dark room and played it in no fewer than like three hour chunks, but <laughs> wasn't wasn't quite the perfect the perfect weekend experience. But it was it was close. I'll have to play that. Cool. Definitely. Yeah. I, de- I, I definitely suggest it. I think it's I think it's pretty fantastic. Awesome. Cool. Well, Zach, didn't didn't you want to mention uh, Dead Space? I do want to mention Dead Space. That's uh, been my favorite uh, horror game in the last few years. Um, Dead Space 2 just came out, but it doesn't have the same uh, fear factor that the first one does for me. What the first one does really well is, just like you guys have been saying, the atmosphere and the location are are the biggest factors in making it scary. You know, it's all these... Have you guys played Dead Space? I played about half uh, of it. I've played a little bit of two, but I have I didn't play the first one. Okay. I played about half of the half of the first game. Yeah. There are some sequence there are some really well executed scripted scenes in the first Dead Space that really make you on edge for the rest of the game like uh killing the actually co- actual combat is not all that scary cuz you if you have enough ammo you can kill anything. Uh it is a sure. little scary when you're aiming at one monster another one pops out of a vent behind you and attacks you but that's that's a cheap scare. Um, right, right, right. You know, there are sequences where the lights go out, and you're walking down the hall, and all you've got as a light is your gun sight, and mm-hmm. and a little creature scuttles, uh, 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 scuttles past you, 
above you through a vent and you can see it and you're like, e! you know, and, uh, sure. and there's the music is so well done in dead space. It's all this really tense, uh, string music and it just really gets you going. So what do you think about the complaint that I've heard of, I've heard levied against that game where the music gives away all the scary parts? I wouldn't say that. I wouldn't say that at that's, all. I that's mean, that's what I've heard is that like the the monsters don't come out unless the music's going. No, that's not true at all. No. Okay. Uh, there there are many times where they just build atmosphere, um, and that's what I really that's what I love about the game. Uh, what disappoints me the only thing that disappoints me about the atmosphere is that towards the end of the game, especially in the last level, it's they could have made the last level really incredibly scary, but it's kind of a, a uh, what do you call it, a gauntlet of shoot all these bad guys and don't die. Um, mm. they, they could have made it a really tense final chapter uh, by including very few or no enemies, uh, but they decided to go the gauntlet route. Um, and the second one, the second game actually has some really kind of freaky moments too because your character is kind of losing his mind for the whole game. So there'll be parts where you'll walk into a room and suddenly the camera will will turn strategically and your dead girlfriend is right there and there's blood dripping out of her eyes and you're like, holy crap. Right. You know, nice. there's there's some good stuff like that. But atmospherically, I think the first one is better than the second one. Yeah, I've, I've been meaning to get around to playing that game. I played the demo of it back when the first one was about to come out and I really, really liked it. I just haven't gotten around to it yet. Yeah, it's got to be dirt cheap uh... by now. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah it yeah, is. Absolutely. It definitely is. I I found the first game a bit too difficult for my tastes. Uh, about halfway through the game, I was out of money, I was out of ammo, I was low on health, and I was dying a lot. Yeah, there are definitely uh, some choke points in the game. So I think what I really need to do is just go back and play it on easy, so I can actually enjoy it. Yeah. Mm. Another thing that they do really well is they play with shadows. Um, so sometimes you'll think it's a monster when it's just a piece of of swinging machinery. You know, sure. I, I really like stuff like that. That's what that's what really freaked me out about Doom 3. You know, people give Doom 3 a lot of a, a hard time because it's just a monster fest, monster closets and whatnot. But, sure. but you know, there's some good lighting effects in that game. There's excellent lighting effects. And when you well, when you there are great rubber effects in that game. The what? And there are great rubber effects and that everything is made to look like rubber. Oh, yeah, that's true. That kind of takes away well, from yeah. it. But I, I, I played that game <laughs> with two other guys. And and they are both uh, terrified of scary movies. I don't even know why they decided sure. to watch Doom 3. But <laughs> when you have two guys who are just clawing at their pant legs the whole time, it kind of starts to rub off on you. Sure. But, <laughs> no doubt. Uh, yeah, that, that was a really effective game for uh, uh, lighting, too. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah, horror cool. games. Very Check good. them out. I'd also like to give an honorable mention to Silent Hill 2 for psychological horror. Oh my god, yes. That's, That's a great game. fucked up stuff in that game. I just played that game about a year and a half ago, uh, mainly due to Zach's recommendation in the forums, actually, before I was hey. even on staff. And, uh, yeah, absolutely love that game. Um, I played it on the Xbox 360 when the backwards compatibility is a little bit broke on it. but Oh, yeah? Hmm. But it was still a lot of fun. It was... Uh, Definitely very unnerving at times. There's a point in, towards the middle of that game where you're uh, exploring a, a prison and you come across um, like a, a tunnel downwards, like a ladder to go downwards. It's more like a sewer hole almost in the middle of a building. And basically 
you keep going down and down and down. Like you get there's probably like five or that. six there's like five or six basements in this sewer and like the the basements get smaller and smaller to the point where you're just going down into a room that has another ladder going down. And it just every time you get down there and see that there's nothing to do but keep going down, it just it it's effective. That freaking you out. It's like, what the hell is going on? Yeah. Like, when do I reach the bottom of this godforsaken town? It's <laughs> very it's, cool. Man. It's awesome. And uh, very good game. I, 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 the, the female character, that crazy woman, not the, not the woman who you think Maria. Yeah. Mar, not, well, is it Maria? Not, not the woman who is okay, you know, but gets brutally murdered multiple times. The, the crazy mm-hmm. woman who's always holding a knife. Um, she's oh, she's yeah. the first one you meet in the game in the graveyard. She every scene right, with right. her is just like, what are you gonna do? And the kid, the kid is creepy in that one too. Yeah, the kid. I forgot about the kid, but she. Everyone's creepy in that game. And then the Kevin, final I... boss is friggin' creepy. Hmm. Yeah, I know. It's I've heard nothing but really good things about that game. Yeah, and three is an excellent one too, although not as creepy for the same reasons. I haven't actually played any of the mainline Silent Hill games. I've only played the two, like two spin-offs. I've played Shattered Memories and Silent Hill 2, but those so, don't have any, Silent neither Hill those have anything to do. Silent Hill 2 is mainline. It's mainline, but it doesn't have anything to do with the with the arcing story that's t- that takes place in Silent Hill 1 and 3, that's as true. I understand it. That's true. I've just heard that The Room kind of sucks. The Room does suck. It started out as a different franchise. I've okay. heard good things about The Room, actually. The Room has problems. I mean, if you like Silent Hill, like give it a shot. But I want them to remake the first one in a way that I can play it, because I don't really want to play a PS1 survival horror game. No, But I yeah. want to experience the franchise, so like, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know. Silent Hill 3 I would be down playing, because, I mean, 2 was, 2 was fine. But, man, those mid-90s survival horror games on PS1 <laughs> are just kind of hard to hard to deal with. Yeah, 3 is really yeah. good, yeah. I, I like it, but I like 2 more, because it's freakier. Well, let's move on to uh, the next the next anniversary we have the Resident Evil 15th anniversary, as we've been talking about, but there's also another anniversary this month. I don't know when the actual day or week is, because I couldn't find it online, but the Street Fighter II 20-year uh, anniversary. Damn. Uh, the, the, arca- the arcade game came to consoles in March of 90- of 91, and uh, so we're, we're putting up a feature on the site this week about the uh, the impact that game had on the gaming landscape, both home console-wise and just from a from the standpoint of the different genres that the game has sort of shaped, or rather, the one genre the game has completely, completely shaped, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're not going to spend too much time talking about that now, because the the feature is on the site, and we can go read it, and we just spent half an hour talking about the last feature. So, um, But I will say that I'm, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of, of Street Fighter 2. Uh, I played a lot oh, yeah. of it when I was a kid. And I'm, having, I'm not a fighting game guy. Like, I don't sit there and memorize combos and... Um, I if I can't compete in a tournament to save my life, but but I'm the kid that when I when I was a kid I was the best among my friends at Street Fighter Two, so oh. I thought I was I thought, I thought I was hot shit sure. until I learned that there's people out there that have like hundred hit combos and and whatnot. <laughs> I, uh, I I really like Street Fighter Two. I'm I'm happy to see that it's still relevant today, even if it's sort of a niche. Um, right. I did pick up Street Fighter Alpha Two on the Virtual Console. Man, that's not very good. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. Well, there, there especially are... because it wasn't it was isn't it uh, it was ported from the PlayStation 
to Super Nintendo, if I remember correctly. Ooh, there are loading. It, it must. It must have been because there are ridiculous loading times. There's like yeah. a four second pause between when it brings up the game and when it says fight. Yeah, it's I, really bad. I, I could be remembering Alpha Three by accident, but I'm pretty sure that was a PS1 game. Uh, or originally an arcade game, obviously. Then they ported it to PS One, yeah. And then they ported it. I, they ported it again to uh, the Super Nintendo, and yeah, I think it was probably just not a very good game. Um, no, unfortunately, it's not. No, no. For me personally, uh, I was a Genesis owner. Hey, I was when, too. Yeah, but and and while the Street Fighter Two uh, port, or I guess it was a tur- it was Turbo that they brought to Genesis. It was Special uh, Champion Edition. Special Champion Edition. Okay. It was perfectly fine on Genesis. Um, is the is the six-button controller really the best one to play that game on? It is fantastic. Um, I got the I, I got the six, two six-button controllers and the Genesis version of Street Fighter Two for like for Christmas when I was in seventh or eighth grade, and I played that game for hours and <laughs> hours and hours. But the thing for me was I was kind of a Mortal Kombat guy, so. And I and I, now I know that Street Fighter Two is way better, but at the time, I was like, whatever. I think Street there's Fighters. I think there's some value to Mortal Kombat. Like I I loved Mortal Kombat when I was a kid too. I played both of them quite a bit. Yeah. Um, Mortal Kombat's an easier game to play. It definitely. is a lot easier, and I think that's probably why it appealed to me. Um, yeah. For my money, I still think that Ultimate Mortal Kombat Three is an amazing fighting game. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, I remember definitely. playing that on that's six and six. No, it's Super Nintendo. It was, it was on Genesis. That's what I played it on, but I think it was on Super Nintendo as well. Yeah. If they would put out Mortal Kombat 2 on the Virtual Console, I would be all over that. I'm shocked um, they well, haven't. If, if Ultimate 3 is on is on Xbox Live. Ooh. Yeah, I have, I have Mortal Kombat 2 on my PS3, actually. Okay. Yeah, I, um, I don't know why they, they... They haven't really put out a arcade-perfect pour of the first Mortal Kombat game, except for on, like, compilations and as, like, bonus unlockables. Yeah. I'd love to have, like, an arcade port of the first game, because the home console ports of the first game were pretty pretty shabby. Yeah. They are bad, but but I I played the original one at the arcade, and it's not as good as the second one. It's really no, it's good. not. No, two is, but two I is still loved it quite a bit. Yeah, I, I think 2 is really where it came into its own. Um, I had much... the I, I had the PC port of the first game, and that was actually yeah. a pretty accurate translation. Yeah. Um, and I played a lot of that. Yeah, I mean, much like Street Fighter, which really found its... its home as this have you ever have you guys ever played the original street fighter i played it bit. in arcades yeah as a I, as a curiosity I, I played it also as a curiosity um on an emulator i mean go ahead whatever sue me um and yeah it is as bad as everyone says it's, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a brawler <laughs> from what i can recall right yeah it is yeah no, it's um, a, i mean it's, it's a it's a one versus one fighter it's just horrible yeah it's really <laughs> limited in its control scheme it has similar controls to a brawler um and yeah, it, it's just no so. It's like it's too. like I, the first Fatal Fury. God, that was bad. I guess yeah. so. I, I never played the first Fatal yeah, Fury. Yeah, the first but, Fatal um, Fury was pretty bad. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I've played Street Fighter Two in probably I don't know eight different versions. I played the original Street Fighter Two. I played Turbo. I played uh, oh god, the original. I guess the World Warrior. Um, uh, I've I've played the Super HD Remix. Uh, I've considered played, buying that. That looks sexy. It, the sprites look really good. The backgrounds are not good. Um, oh. The backgrounds are... They really... They're like, oh, well, we're going to make them HD, but we're all go- also going to make them look, like, really generic, and re- the art is just not that good. That's I didn't know um, that. 
I have it's, the game. I didn't notice that. Yeah, they just did. I don't know. For whatever. I mean, to be fair, the, the the backgrounds and the audience members in the first game aren't really that awesome either. But yeah, you just notice it more in HD. Um, the fighters themselves look great. Yeah, yeah, they do. They really do. Um, they look they look fantastic. Um, would you would you say it's better than Street Fighter Four, which I could not get into for the life of me? Um, I mean, I love Street Fighter Four, so I. I don't know if my opinion is valid, but uh, I think Street Fighter. I think the Street Fighter Turbo Remix is is better made in some ways. There are a lot of little interface things that kind of bug me about Street Fighter Four. Like, for instance, um, the ability to easily assign your own buttons by just pressing the button. Like, you go into the setup screen and you just oh, hit the buttons in the order you want, versus like scrolling through a list of buttons. Sure. Little little things like that were really annoying in Street Fighter 4, but I think the, I think the HD Remix was a really, really solid Street Fighter title. I, I personally yeah, I think agree. so. I, I, think, I don't necessarily know if I'd call it the best version of Street Fighter 2, but on consoles available now, I'd say it's probably the best, yeah. Yeah. Huh. I, um, I got into the King of Fighters a little bit when I was in college. King of Fighters 98 I played a, a little bit. but Does I, it really matter which year it was? No, it doesn't. <laughs> I actually just I actually just got the the King of Fighters collection from Zach. Yeah. He did a little trade. Wow, that does not hold up. <laughs> and it's shocking how I mean, similar all the games are. I mean, even to the, yeah. it down it, to the well, same I don't sprites. I, I don't know if I'd call it shocking, but... Um... It is. It, it's it, pretty bad. They, I gotta hand it. To, I gotta hand it to those guys. They have found a way to pull the wool over everyone's eyes year after year. Well, yeah, I mean, I it usually in, in different games, they at least they would in other fighting games. I should say, like in Soul Calibur, they do this. Uh, they at least tweak the button, the input commands for moves. Well, not so in King of Fighters. Like if you go in there knowing how to use my uh, in 1994. You can go back in 1997 and and still know all the moves. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah, I remember when people were like, "Oh man, are you gonna get Art of Fighting on Virtual Console?" I'm like, "Why would I want to play King of Fighters with half the characters?" <laughs> yeah, that's an awful idea. You know. Well, let's uh, let's move on from from Street Fighter Two and on to some listener mail. We got a couple of letters this last week, so I thought we'd read through them. And I'll grab the first one. Uh, this is from David Becker, and he writes. Hi, Newscast. Since you guys seem to be big fans of Geometry Wars 2, I suggest that you check out the Radian Games games. There are a bunch of games on Xbox indie games, kind of like the BitTrip series. Especially Fireball, which is kind of like pacifism... Or, I'm sorry. Especially Fireball, which is like pacifism mode, should interest you. Each game costs a dollar, so you can get all of them with an 800-point card and still have a lot of points left. Nice. The only, only downside is that... Microsoft does not allow indie games to have leaderboards for silver members. Seriously? Something we had something we had talked about a little bit. Oh yeah. Um, I think it's just the indie games. I think the regular arcade games can do leaderboards with silver. I don't think you have to have gold for that for the non-indie Xbox Live games. Can but, I can I take this opportunity to bitch about how the Xbox Live Marketplace is set up? Please do. It's awful. I mean, it's bad on. It's it's, bla- it's, it's bad pretty... on PSN too, but on Xbox it's so well, split up. It's no Wii Shop channel. No, and it's no DSI Shop channel. Yeah, I think it, it's, it's it is kind of hard to find what you're looking for. Um, they don't do a really good job of 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 helping you find the obvious things. Like basically, if it's not a featured item, you have to browse for it by letter. Right. It's also sure. not yeah, obvious I mean, they... what's new. 
Yeah, they do. They do have the what's new thing, but it doesn't really seem like they put what's new in order. Right. Um, right. They they sort of do it by what's new and also what's popular. Yeah. So it does. It's just it, it just seems really. It, it's not like I can just be like, oh, what's new this week? And, and the the newest two things are there. Um, it's more like, oh, the same things are here, but if I look through this list, I might find what's new this week. It's 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 it doesn't really work right. I'll I'll, I'll definitely. Uh, you know, agree with you on that point. Um, but as far as these games go, yeah, I'm, I'm always I'm, Xbox Live Arcade. Despite its menu dysfunction, is one of my favorite platforms. And uh, I haven't heard yeah. of these Radiant Games titles. Neither have I. Yeah, I'll definitely I'll look, have to I'll check definitely them out. look into it because I love Geometry Wars too. Something fierce. Oh, so do I. I yeah, need to get I mean, back um, into it. I remember uh, I was that that summer of arc that whole summer of arcade that they had the year I think it was 2008. Was amazing. Let, yeah. me, let, let me let me let me explain you some lineup. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna drop we, some we had, science uh, on us now. Yeah, yeah. We had Castle Crashers. Um, oh yeah. Bionic Commando Rearmed. Geometry Wars Two, and there were oh uh, Braid, and there was something else. I don't remember. What Braid the is overrated. Was. Braid is overrated, but it's not a bad game. It's okay. Yeah. Um, it, it's definitely not a lineup to take lightly. Uh, no, no, such at all. a great lineup. And well, Microsoft's I'd... good at hyping their games and, and getting them some publicity, which is something that that the WiiWare has never has never really pulled off. Oh no, never, absolutely not. Um, Summer of Arcade is something that I look forward to every year. Yeah. Because there's usually at least one or two games that I really really want. Uh, I found Diamonds in the Rough like Trials HD there, which is such a good game that not enough people enjoy. Oh God, such a such a good game, but. I digress. That summer, uh, Johnny Metz was like, you got to get Geometry Wars 2. And I'm like, I don't know. I played the first one. I'm not, I wasn't really that big of a fan. He's like, no, 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 no. you got to get Geometry Wars 2. <laughs> yep. And I was like, all right, fine. And then I became locked in a heated war of scores with one uh, Jonathan Metz, uh, of which I was obliterated handily. <laughs> yeah. Uh, because I just I cannot put up with Jonathan Metz, Mike Sklens, uh Dan Dormer, a Many people on my Xbox Live friend list are just like relentless scorehounds, and if they get any, if they get a whiff that you might be within spinning distance of their score, they will play it nonstop to make sure this does not happen. <laughs> I mentioned this last week on the podcast, but uh, I've been chasing Johnny Metz's pacifism score with every every ounce of my of my gaming passion for like two and a half years now. I uh -huh. uh, him and I he he, he would put up a score and then I would get within like sniffing distance of it and then he would double it. And he did that like three different times. And that even that even before he even knew who I was, because I just <laughs> added him because I was a listener of RFN and he happened sure. to add me back. Yeah. And, like before I was even on staff, I was chasing down Johnny Metz's pacifism scores and mm -hmm. at a certain point he topped a hundred million and that was that. Yeah, eventually eventually you just give up because you have to. Um, but yeah, that, I, I definitely absolutely adore Geometry Wars 2. It's funny how in Geometry Wars 2, um, playing on a bigger or larger screen can actually help you or hurt you depending on the mode. Um, oh. Where in, in something like uh, like the classic mode, I feel like having a smaller screen helps because um, you can keep your eye on more of the action at the same time. I think in uh, pacifism mode, the bigger screen helps because I yeah, found I, I found when I got closer to the television, I I did better because I have a kind of a small TV. Sure. So what yeah, you have I, to do I, is I you have to that. buy two different TVs, two different Xboxes. 
Yes. yes. And then switch off. Yes, exactly. That, that, that is the only true way to play <laughs> Geometry Wars 2. But uh, definitely thanks for thanks to um, thanks to David for sending in these uh, these games. I, I definitely want to check them out. I will yeah, play too. them and report back next week. Hey, yeah. look at that! You, you have you have my word. Awesome. I'm I'm still gunning for. Uh, I got a. S- hey, is this unusual? I got an email saying I got like 100 points. Um. Um. You might have just been gifted for like Microsoft has these weird things where if you meet a certain requirement like you played this game or whatever you just get 100 points bizarre so, yeah it could that might be it I don't know well I'm gonna um, save those up for beyond good and evil sure yeah um if you want I'll, I'll read this next one um, go for it well Adel Vega writes are dead pixels going to be more prevalent with the 3DS because Nintendo is rushing it to the market would a dead pixel on the top screen potentially ruin the 3D effect I remember my first DS Fat had a dead pixel, and Nintendo did exchange it for me. But I still worry 3DS will have a lot more of these problems. I can put your worries to rest, to rest right now, Adolf. Uh, yes, Nintendo is rushing the 3DS to market, but dead pixels probably won't be a big problem. Um, just because that's really more of a display issue, which isn't really Nintendo. It's not. Yeah, it's not a design flaw. It's a manufacturing yeah. flaw. Right. right. So if, if that happened, I, I believe it's Panasonic who's providing these screens, right? That sounds that sounds right, but I'm not really sure. Okay. Um, yeah. If if there were dead pixels, that would be because Panasonic fucked up, not Nintendo. So um, them Nintendo being like, we wanted to rush it to market now, now or later doesn't really matter. Whatever. It it would really rely on Panasonic's uh, production schedule. What we could um, be more prone to is like hinge cracking, like we had on the original yes, DS Lite. Yeah, absolutely. Things like that. Um, we're not going to get like a red ring situation on the 3DS. I don't think that'll happen. But that's the kind I, of that's the kind of thing that happens when you rush a system to market. I cannot imagine that happening. Uh, I don't believe there are uh, bad heat sinks in the 3DS. <laughs> yeah, probably not. But just like just, just like a fundamental design flaw that was overlooked that causes oh, sure. a lot of problems. That's the kind of thing you come you come across. But not yeah, not faulty. specific defects like a like a like a broken pixel. Yeah, faulty buttons or um, perhaps yeah like a, like a uh, um, a hinge crack or something like that. Yeah. These things could possibly happen. Um, I personally think having the 3DS made in three pieces seems like a bad idea, but that's just me. <laughs> yeah, I tend to agree um, with you on that one. I think that's just inviting room for get, getting like dust caught under there. And, oh yeah. You know, I just think it's going to be a huge problem. But hey, whatever. Well, time will tell whether or not I'm whether I'm right or wrong. Um, more pieces I, you have, the more pieces can separate. Eh, precisely. Yeah. The less moving pieces you have in there, the better. Um, Wait, are you saying but, that? You know, are you saying that one or more layers sticks out beyond the others? Um, no, but you can, there, there are, the, the three layers are very clearly defined and there is definitely a crease. Yeah. There's a crease. Oh. There's a defined crease there. There's a seam. Yeah. And so I'm just saying that, that you, me. you're going to add, yeah, if you put added pressure on one of these seams, eventually one of these things is going to give. Right. Especially um, with a handheld device like a 3DS, because that's going to got under a lot more, you know, a lot more day to day rough and abuse. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I don't know. I I played the 3ds. Um, we I had, we had a meeting with Nintendo where we got some hands-on time with it, um, and it was the build quality seemed fine. Um, I didn't see any dead pixels, so that's good. But um, you didn't like the 3D, right? I did not like the 3D, but that had nothing to do with the display. I mean, it, it does have something to do with the display, but that's more of a of a of a choice of taste than anything uh. else. Yeah. 
I don't think it, I don't think it was it was running faulty. It was just I don't care for 3D. Oh, well, I guess. Now, as far as whether or not dead pixels could affect the 3D, I think that's a real possibility. And dead uh, pixels are a possibility with any with any you know LCD look, screen. Ninety percent of screens are going to have one dead pixel or more. Right. Um. So, uh, you know, it's going to happen. You know, if you see one dead pixel, don't freak out. If you see a giant cluster of dead pixels, then sure, you have grounds for replacing your system. But I don't necessarily think it would ruin the 3D effect. There'll be 3D dead pixels. Well, yeah, yeah, exactly. I think what he what he's worried about is that if he, there are noticeable dead pixels, that it'll be like in one area of the screen is not in 3D and it might throw right. off his yeah. vision. Yeah. I don't think that's a problem because dead pixels. I mean, remember, you you would need a significant amount of dead pixels for your eye to notice casually. And it's not it's not like dead pixels are, are are adding things to the picture. It's just part of it's not lit up so exactly. it's not like you're going to have extra things there that shouldn't be there that that's more likely to ruin the 3D effect yeah. than just the removal of what, what of what once was there right yeah no i i think it'll be fine Adolf. i'm more i'm more worried about the strain uh, of excuse me looking between the 3D top screen and the 2D lower screen it was not an issue for me uh, but then uh, the game that I played for the most, Kid Icarus, uh, has you using the bottom screen as a uh, as a targeting oh, uh, mechanism. I see. So you're real, sort of like how it is in Hunters, in Metro Prime Hunters. Yeah. So you're not really looking at the bottom screen too much anyway. Gotcha. Uh, that could be, so, that could be an issue though. I would think. I mean, it, maybe, maybe maybe not. We'll see. Um, I didn't. When I did have to look down, I it didn't feel weird. That's all I'll say. That's good. Yeah. Uh, my, my my big problem with the 3ds is that you have to keep a constant viewing angle and you can't change perspectives uh, without completely ruining the 3D effect. I think that's the biggest design flaw. Yeah, that kind of sucks. Um, so yeah, for me personally, I I I have no issue with just turning the 3D off at all times. Do you think but that, that's just me? Does the viewing angle uh, is it more forgiving with less 3D? Like you turn that slider down or something? Uh, yeah, because it changes the distance between the two screens that are inside the system. Right. So um, the the lower you have it down, I guess the wider range of movement you have, or the more forgiving the screens will be. Um, but I find it's the most forgiving when you just turn the 3D off. So that's what <laughs> I go with. Uh, that, that's just me personally. It's a taste thing. Uh, the average person might feel differently. Sure, sure. Luckily, they've given us a choice. Yeah, exactly. Precisely. Yeah, you're you're not you're not forced to go with 3D, uh, which is good. Yeah. Yeah. Alrighty. Thanks for uh, thanks to Adolf Vega and David Becker for writing in to the newscast. If you want to write into the newscast, you can do so at newscast at nintendoworldreport.com. We'd love to hear from you. We love getting emails. It confirms to us that people actually pay attention to our show. People listen oh, to yeah. us. Uh, always, always a nice a nice thought. Um, mm-hmm. But that's all, that's all the newscasts we got for you this week. So, um, Carl, you should do your pimping. Oh, yes, crosstalk.com. Um, What's I've that? said it many times. <laughs> well, I'll tell you, Zach. I'll tell you exactly what it is. It's uh, it's the home of your favorite alternative podcast. Basically, our one rule at Crosstalk is no video games. Um, <laughs> we, talk, we talk about it plenty elsewhere. So uh, when we do come around to doing our podcast at Crosstalk, it's like, Let's talk about our other interests, whether there are there those are movies, music, comics, sports, what have you. Uh, we've got it all. So whatever you like, you'll find something to like at Crosstalk. Uh, just this last week, uh, Andy was on 
Crosstalk presents our thoughts on the iPad 2, along with myself and Jonathan Metz. Um, let's see, and Neil Ronahan has guessed it a couple times. It was a good time. And... I enjoyed it. Oh, yeah. We, we were glad to have you. Uh, Where's Carl? Neil... What's that? Carl. Middle Austin. I'm here. Better, I'm here. better Carl than... Hello, 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 hello. <laughs> Can you not hear me? I thought I thought I was gone because that seems to be, be what happens all the time. Oh, I can true. hear you. Hey, Carl. Hey, back. Hey, you're back. Hey, I could hear you the entire time. Oh, nice. Welcome back. That was bizarre. Okay, where was I? Okay. <clears throat> so uh, Neil Ronahan has guested on the on uh, Cross Comics uh, a couple times, talking about the DC animated universe, um, which was two really really good shows. I really good shows. Yeah. Thank. No, thank you. And I'm glad um, you used that Justice League music. So good. We did. I I used it just for you, Zach, because I knew you, you wanted to hear it. So, but we also did include the terrible Justice League Unlimited music, um, which is also just for you. Aww. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, plenty of good stuff. Uh, Box Office Poison includes myself and a host of other Radio Free Nintendo alums and current people. Um, yeah, tons of stuff at Crosstalk. So go go on over to uh, Crosstalk. That's spelled C R O S S T A W K dot com. When are you going to have that Karen Star episode? Oh, the, the show all about Power Girl? Uh, probably <laughs> never, because I don't care about Power Girl. <laughs> um, the Ninja Turtle episode. Yeah, they're, 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 I, I can just sum it up in one word, boobs. That's part of it. You've got Zach's attention. Uh, yeah, well, right I, believe me, I think Zach already had her on his radar. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, check it out. Definitely uh, good stuff on there. Before we sign off for the night, uh, I do want to just take a moment to express the condolences of the newscast, myself and all, all the rest of us, for uh, anybody affected by the uh, tsunami and oh, yeah, absolutely. in Japan. That was just yeah, I mean, when, shocking. When we, absolutely, yeah. When we came back from uh, from PAX on, on Friday, I believe, we, we were watching the news all about it, and we couldn't believe it. It was really, really crazy. Yeah, some of those um, videos so yeah, were just scary. Oh, yeah. Very, very unseemly business. Um, if you have any family there, or, you know we we offer our condolences. Um, it turns out AT and T is offering free uh, long distance calling uh, to Japan for the for the rest of the month. Wow. So if you're if, if you were not aware of that, um, and you have AT and T and you have family there, um, absolutely take advantage of that. Definitely. Mm-hmm. And luckily, none of the uh, correspondents that we have from NWR over in Japan. Oh yes, thank we're, you. we're we're harmed in in the disaster, and that's that's always lovely to see. I I, yeah. I, I know people who know people in Japan, and uh, they seem to seem to have pulled through to to a one so far. But it's just mm. it's really it's really devastating to look over at the video footage and just see houses being swept away through the river. It's it's yeah. something else. It is. Yeah, and I'll tell you, a lot of people are sometimes not sure what charities to uh, donate to, um, and I always say the same thing: Doctors Without Borders. Oh yeah, there you go. That's that's always a good one. It's always going to the right place. Um, or uh, I believe what what is the uh, uh, Doctor Sounds Frontiers? I think is the other one. Um, it's it's the same organization it has different names depending on the country. But um, it's it is absolutely a fantastic charity, and you can bet that they'll be there in Japan. So check it out. Nice, awesome. Yeah. And that's a newscast. Thanks to everyone for joining us, and we'll see you next Saturday. All right. Goodbye, everybody. Bye. Bye.